Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls One Doc. One Doc. It's your girl BD. It's Florence the fiance. And we are back. We back. This one is kind of emotionally draining. I just want to get oh, through it and over honestly, it. Honestly, it really, like, it really, really is. Yeah. It really is. I don't even know how many jokes I can crack. I, honestly, um, it's... Oh, is your phone off light mode, by the way? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm drinking... To be honest, I should be drinking alcohol for this one because it really is a tough one. I need a line of Coke. It, honestly, it's really a tough one. But um, I'm drinking um, cinnamon and uh, cranberry tea. Are you testing negative? Fam, I'm so, oh my god, guys! Yeah, so update. Last this time last week, yeah, when we recorded, I was drinking Lemsip. Why? Because I had a cold. Turns out that cold was COVID, and your girl is still testing positive on the lateral flow. Still, wow. like the line is thinner now. Um, so I reckon by tomorrow, Wednesday, I'll be fine. But, fam, does beep have it? No, he doesn't. Wow. All his lateral flows have been negative. Is that not a witch? about to get so sad guys i'm so sorry <laughs> no but i've actually heard about this case a lot and i've listened Same. to a few podcasts and i've watched a few like discovery id um like things on it so on it, it wasn't it my get any first easier. but this is the first time i've actually like watched a proper long documentary on it so um he looks familiar to test. me and the story it was test. familiar to it me so i was kind of like oh i i've heard this before like i've heard of this story but again seeing it in such a long form kind of like way and yeah. like hearing from the victims families and and so on and so forth it's like raw yeah mad it's peak <sighs> so this documentary opens up in we said this the other day the not the arsehole, but the bit above the arsehole. Yeah, it's called America. The Cleveland Kidnapper, it's this called, documentary, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry, The Cleveland Kidnapper. Um, but yeah, it opens up in Cleveland and we meet Bill Safos. Bill looks like, if you've watched Big Mouth, he looks like any which oh, one of the characters. he does, he Actually, does. Nick, he looks like Nick from he Big does. Mouth. Like, that's what Nick would look like if he, he was a real human. He has a very human. character face, yes, he does. That he is so like accurate. That yeah. is so accurate. And he's very expressive as well. So I think yeah. that also adds to... And Nick yeah, wanted to be like a celeb as well. Wow, that's Nick. Maybe that's Nick. Yeah, well, there you there go. There you go. Um, so Bill is our first talking head. And there are a few, so I'm not going to like name a lot of them. I just name him because he's one of the main ones. Yeah, there's some and... I tried to write down, but some I, I, I lost. Yeah, it. no. I, after like the second one, I was like, oh, there are going to be a few of these. Yeah, no. <laughs> So um, he is a television reporter and he tells us that he's at work one day, like just doing cases, whatever. And then this woman, Luana Miller, walks in and her daughter's gone missing. And this was on the 21st of April, 2003. And he feels this urge, like he need, like he needs to be part of this story, like he needs to do something about this case. Um, and basically we learn about how Amanda went missing. So Amanda is Luana's daughter um, and... Um, Luana's friend Terry is telling us this story about how Lu- Amanda wo- Amanda worked at Burger King and the neighbourhood she worked in wasn't great so Amanda wouldn't come home by herself mm-hmm. so this day they're actually she's on the phone to her mum and you know she's waiting for somebody to pick her up and then next thing like her mum can hear her interacting with someone and then the line goes dead and then she just doesn't come home 
That's so terrifying. Fam. So, obviously, she's calling the police, like, where's my daughter? Hello, and they ba- yeah. Literally, they basically dismiss this as a runaway. And, and like, they always, like, always do this. They always they fucking always do this because they're lazy as shit. Like, they, they, they're lazy as shit. But do you know what? I have a lot of admiration for... This is going to sound so bad. But I have a... I don't know if a lot... I don't know if admiration is the right word, but I have to hand it to American police because they are mm-hmm. 50 million times better than, like, UK yeah. police. Like, yeah. I literally... I don't know if you guys have listened to this and this this is no ad or whatever, just if you like crime and shit like that. I'm listening to a podcast called Sweet Bobby and it's just a wild story, but it just highlights how useless the UK police UK are. Police. Yeah. And it's so crazy because I'm like, with the UK police, like, the UK is, like, the size of my toe compared Fam. to America who are juggling with, like, jurisdictions and, and all these county and lines state, and shit. Con- states, like, communicate. Like, literally, like, fucking in the UK... A- case can only be, be solved if like all the stars align and the, yeah. the information basically the evidence just lands on it their lands lap. On your lap if yeah. there's if there's any sort of investigative investigation work required be, no Mm-mm, it's not happening it's just like that what's the name of that mixed race guy that we're missing harvey um oh harvey harvey walker was i it? think so he went missing around christmas yeah and basically after going to the little sims concert yeah and basically yeah. um people online were tweeting about how like there've been a lot of like men going missing around that Thames area. Like, they think there's a serial killer. Like, these are just normal, everyday people missing. But, like, we never found out, like, what the police did about it, if anything was done about it. It was just, literally, it was Twitter. It was Twitter spreading um, awareness that he'd gone missing. Maybe they got a a surveillance photo or something. And the next thing we know, like, he's, he's, he's dead. Fam. Hey guys, it's BD on the edit. Um, when I was editing, I realised we actually said his name wrong. His name is Harvey Parker, not Harvey Walker. And I think it's just important to put some respect on his name. So I'm just putting that in here now. Um, enjoy the rest of the episode. So um, we see a montage of like news broadcasts during the search for Amanda. And her mum encourages the media to keep the story out there. Like, her daughter didn't run away. Let's find, you know... Yeah, let's find her. Um, so because the police think it's a runaway, it takes them a while to kind of take the look closely and take it seriously. And, and obviously this in this time... This is what's so annoying. It's just yeah. kind of like, someone is telling me my daughter didn't run away. Like, it's not as if you ha- she has a history of running away. And even if she did, like, I feel like you should still take it seriously. This is a, a child that's yeah. going But, like, she has no history of running away. She literally was on her way home from work. So between her shift that ended and the phone call that she had with her mum, when did she suddenly decide, yeah, actually, fuck this, I'm going to run away? Do you get what I mean? It's like, and even it's if, so again, critical. Even if she did run away, she's still a kid, which means she's still endangered. So you still yeah, need to she, find isn't her. She, she, doesn't have, she doesn't have the capacity to say, yeah, I want to be alone. Like, yeah. you, still, you still have a guardian. So we see these news clips um, because something has happened in the case and Amanda's mum is saying that she's had some contact from someone. I get a phone call and it's an unknown male and just says that Mary's with him and she's all right. And she keeps, like, she does this thing that's really smart. She keeps him online for as long mm-hmm. as possible, so on the call, because she wants to see if she can hear Mandy, but also because obviously, like, the police can triangulate the call. Yeah. So... Obviously, everybody's, like, on the surface, you could be like, this could be anyone, this could be, like, just some weirdo. But the key thing for Amanda's mum is that he actually called her from Mandy's cell phone. But I just thought, can you imagine, like, your child has gone missing and then your phone rings and you can see her name 
Oh, mate. That must have been heartbreaking. This whole thing is just like... It's fucking insane. <sighs> it's fucking insane. Oh. So, FBI and Quantico trace the cell tower and the cell comes from um, and where the cell came from and and they they actually do some good work here because they knock on they every do. door around the tower but i don't think it's enough to knock on every well i guess you need a search warrant to search everyone but i don't know how they knocked because yeah and also it's also a thing where it's like i get knocking and asking people but like if i have her i'm not gonna say oh hey oh funny you come she's around the, oh, she's, she's in downstairs. the basement yeah literally, literally like, like I've been raping her tirelessly, please. Literally, like, like, please come through. Like, it's so, it's so, no. I don't know. I guess there's a reason they do it, but I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's more so to see if anyone else has heard. Like, say the neighbour had been like, oh, funny, you should say that because something dodgy's going on. Anyway, neighbours are important in this uh, documentary. Very. We'll get into that. <laughs> so Bill tells us that, um, obviously, Luana knows about this cell tower and everything. So they, as in him and Luana, go and, like, to this cell tower and yeah the she's tower's just like the stand- pinged off yeah she's just standing there and she's like i can feel like my daughter is close like she's alive she's not dead and like obviously bill's telling us that she doesn't know how right she was like they were so close and it's crazy like how do you have this whole mother's intuition thing like obviously you're not a mother so i don't mm. get it but it's crazy it's just like what where is the line between like delusion and hope and like mother's intuition I wonder if my mum has mother's intuition. I never see that. I don't like, know that. Well, maybe I think you, maybe you don't it see it because from Ibo mums. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you know, Loki. <laughs> because that woman, like, will go out and she'll switch off her phone when she's going to bed. My mum does so, that. So, so like, she said, I you found your way out. You'll find your way back in. Literally, she's like, listen, I've told you people to stop going out late. So she doesn't have any motherly intuition because anything. But can then also, to she me. hasn't needed to because what's happened to you? Nothing. So we can't then say that she doesn't have it. My mum, my mum's whole thing is anyway. The Lord that 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 took you out will bring you back home, and he has so far. That so I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like I've been ill. I've never. My mum's never called and been like, I can sense something isn't right with you. They don't know, man. They just called to say, oh, I had a dream. Don't go anywhere. That's that's all they know. Literally. <laughs> so now we're in Tremont, Tremont, Cleveland, whatever, and it's predominantly <laughs> a Puerto Rican community. And we learn about this Castro family. So they're a very well-respected family in the area. They have a convenience store. They mm. were, like, the first to, like, immigrate from um, Puerto Rico. And Puerto they built Rico. a community. It's so random as well because you f- we're hearing about Luana and, and Amanda and stuff. And then mm. all of a sudden we learn about this We're family. in, like, Puerto like, Rico. Okay. We're in little Puerto Rico, literally. Literally. But it looked like a lit place to live. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, I, it really did. I actually <laughs> wonder, because Northwest, where, especially where I live, is, like, very Jewish. Um... Mm. Like, I always get, like, surprised when I go to, like, South or, like, East. And yeah, it's, any like, other oh, my end. gosh, it's niggas. Like, Everywhere, oh, my gosh. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, so, like, when I moved to South, I just remember being, like, raw, like, black people. Just bare. But like, even where it was, you it's not live, a rarity. Even where you live, there are more black people than where I live, though. Well, what, when I lived in Northwest? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay, I guess you have well, more okay, probably more, probably more so than where there's... Okay, there are more ethnics, definitely, where I live. Yeah. Definitely more ethnics, yeah. Yeah. Because literally for me, it's just like straight. Like, it's actually so bad that like whenever I see a black person walking on my street, yeah, I must know them. <laughs> I I really look at them for a long time. Then when I realize I don't know them, I'm like, what's this person doing? Like, yeah. in these ends? Because yeah. like, who did they come to visit? Who literally? If it wasn't who? me. Yeah. <laughs> because I guys, I kid you not. Like my street is like a horseshoe kind of thing. Yeah. On that whole horseshoe. It's true. Thing. There are three of us. There are three families. That I don't think I've people. ever seen another black. Yeah. There's one woman that lives down the road. Like, when you're coming up my road, her and her daughter have the same car. So the mm. two of them, like, jeep little cars parked here. Yeah. There's that 
that couple, that woman. And her daughter's even mixed. She was married to a white man, but I think he died. So she's oh, one Ghanaian wow, lady. Wow. I haven't seen her in ages. She might have even moved back to Ghana and it's just her daughter because I haven't seen a woman in ages. Yeah. Then the horseshoe on the other yeah, side. Yeah, on the other side, yeah. That's where... Yeah. Lives. <laughs> and and he's Of moved course. A- he's moved away, but the person that's living there is black as well. I've seen oh, them once okay. or twice. So the ratio remains. The ratio remains. It's crazy. But anyways, I saw this say it would have been really nice to grow up in an area where like you saw Everyone's a lot of like your people. You. Yeah. 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 That would be And nice. I think that's why South Londoners are so proud of South London. Because it's like imagine your just like yeah literally just around you you don't have to like trek to go to the hair shop or you don't have to like trek to see someone else like you like it's just all like you it's it's true um so they're this really well respected kind of family in the area we see like the uncle and the auntie and everything and i call them uncle and auntie but of course they're somebody's parents and grandparents but they are uncle and auntie to this mm-hmm. guy called Ariel. Oh, yeah, him. Who, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Who like, lives, literally. Uh, literally, who lives around that area. So in comes in Ariel's neighbour. And I love this guy. I'm I love gonna, him. I'm not going to bother, like, trying to, like, say things how he says it because we'll just insert the clips. But yes. this guy is the, like, star of the show. He is. Like, I don't know if you guys watch Euphoria, but like he's the Lexi. Like he's the he is he is the <laughs> he's the one. Ethan. What do you mean? He is I the motherfucking I Ethan. That okay, well, I only say Lexi because she was the downfall. But I haven't watched. The, okay, have you watched okay, it? yeah. Oh, okay, I need to watch it. Yeah, um, but then you will so, agree he's the Ethan. Okay, he's the Ethan. So this guy is talking about Ariel because he Ariel. He, I get the vibe from what he describes. Ariel's his opposite neighbor. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he keeps saying to people... This dude next door, what's his name? Ariel. Why is his house boarded up? I don't see no uh, air conditioning unit. There's got to be stifling in that house. I'm outside dying right now, right? He's like, he's Puerto Rican. Oh, you Puerto Rican. I go, yeah, I see your mother's got central air. Why is that house boarded up? You asked too many questions. Is that right? Why is his house boarded up? Because that's weird. That's fucking weird for anybody. I don't give a fuck for anybody. You're either a squatter or you're hiding something. Yeah. Literally. And he's like, I don't see no air conditioning unit. It's hot. Like, literally, it's hot as hell. This guy, by the way, his name is Charles and he's black. So I feel like him being black puts a lot of context into this whole thing. Why he talks like this, yeah. Yeah. And then... The, the person and why he's suspicious to, as well yeah yeah the person he's talking to is like oh he's Puerto Rican and he's like yeah your mum's Puerto Rican she still has air in her house like what yeah, is exactly. going on and he's like it's got to be <laughs> stifling in that house I'm outside dying right now why is that house boarded up mm. and people are like to him you asked too many questions and I get the vibe people knew something was up with this guy mm-hmm. but it was just like don't hush, ask hush. don't tell yeah 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 so Amanda has been missing for six months. Okay. Oh, God. And she went missing just like the day before her, her 17th birthday or her 18th yeah. birthday or something. Yeah. yeah. Her 17th birthday, I think. So the news has kind of dried up on her case and Bill tells... Um, <coughs> yeah, the news... So it's been six months and the news has kind of dried up and um, Bill tells Luana that he's going to keep Mandy's face in the news. But obviously, like... Bill is a newscaster. He can't always decide what comes up in the news. Exactly. So like, as much as Luana, he'd like to. Yeah. Luana would call him, like, crying and upset that why um, 
is Amanda not in the news? And sometimes he'd just let her rant, which I thought was really admirable because sometimes when you're in distress, that's all you need. You just need someone that's going to let you rant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So because she's so distressed that the police aren't doing enough, she calls the FBI and asks them to come to her house. This woman is a bad bitch. I love that she did this, yeah. But what is the number for FBI? Can you just call the FBI and be like, hey, brother? Because I I don't understand it. Dan Schneider was calling the FBI. He even went there just for bounce. Fuck off. (laughs) And entirely fuck off. I never want to hear that name again. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but he can fuck off. Um, even me I'm almost in support of those that were selling the drugs because he was doing absolutely fucking lutely too much that episode for anyone new here yeah the pharmacist episodes one and two yeah I don't know I think it was probably the the third episode we did the third and fourth or something it was early fam that guy that guy that was when we didn't know to condense episodes because fam fam and we even condensed it because there were four episodes there were four like documentary episodes and we did it in two I'm so surprised I didn't, like, shoot myself in the head after that. It was Oh, Dan Schneider. But anyway, I'm glad that she called the FBI. Clearly, it's an easy thing to do. She called them, invited them to her house. And then Bill's like, okay, he's going to dip. And she's like, no, no, no. You hide under the bed and you listen. And her and her friend hid him under the bed. And he listened to all the information they had. And I guess they did this because they knew he worked in news. So he could, like, leak this and it could, I guess, make the case. Or maybe things would make more sense to him or something. Yeah. So they steal the list of people of interest from the FBI, which is wild. So this Mm -hmm. FBI agent has a list of people of interest. They steal it, give it to Bill, and then they start um, spying on these people. Now, they don't find anything, but it puts Luana at ease because she knows that, okay, that that if she's not finding anything, then there really is nothing Mm -hmm. to find. So on the second... and I. I don't know if this is the right date because Americans are weird, but I believe it's the 2nd of April. Oh, yeah, I had to keep reading it. Like, I was like, so the f- the, the first one is the month. So April, this, literally, I was just like, bloody hell me. Fine. They're the only ones that, that change it. The literally, only ones. they're so fucking weird. They're so extra. Um, Gina De Jesus goes missing in the same neighbourhood with the same body type and Bill feels immediately that these are related cases also can i just say at this point i'm like when bill's like the same body type i'm like this is not a model casting like what the fuck are you talking about i guess like, it's the same vibe though because like, they, i mean the same age with the, the same school the same whatever yeah but i'm just like i don't know it was just such a weird thing for him to say as like a grown man because i know i know but i get what he means i don't think he actually meant body type i more he, he i think it was the physical, phrasing was weird yeah yeah physical build yeah, oh, literally, him, literally, like him you know, saying like, body type, if, I was like, bruh. <laughs> you know, like, if you and Annette went missing, yeah, you be the same builds. Yeah, yeah. So I think he meant like the same build in terms of like, okay, hair, skin color, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. but I, I don't think he actually meant like, oh, she had fat, a fat ass and no. Literally, tits. I was like, like dang, he <laughs> going <no>. for daddies. <laughs> um. So Gina goes missing and he immediately thinks it's related to Mandy. Yeah, 100%. And we meet he has no doubt in his mind. Literally, we meet Gina's mom and Nancy. And I don't know why so many people in this like documentary like have missing teeth. Like It's actually so wild to yeah, me. Yeah, like, it's true. There's quite a few of them. I think dental's really expensive. It must be really expensive. It is. It's expensive here, let alone there. No, because it's actually wild. Like, I would be mortified if like visible teeth from my mouth were missing. missing but yeah. but, then, people... but sometimes it's like, that's it. Like Say, for example, your tooth gets knocked out now. And you can't afford to get a new one. What are you actually going to do? There's no, no fix I would for that. Have to, I would have to afford 
That's what I'm saying. Was, but you're speaking from a place of privilege where you I think suppose. you can. If there is nothing, there's nothing. We're either going to eat today or I'm going to not have a tooth. Like, this is why they know that us girls like to tussle because how Fam. do you even get into losing so, a tooth? There's so and many the, ways you know to lose a tooth. I've been saying this for a long time, yeah. I honestly feel like fighting is for ugly people. I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it loud and I'm going to say it proud. <laughs> I'm too cute to fight. Yeah, I'm not, okay. Nobody's catching hands. I'm not catching hands because I'm too cute. If now, that babe that tweeted about how, oh, she got into the fight, hair. she for her. I said, nah. You couldn't have, you could have, no one could have got that information out of me. Ever. Fam. Ever. Wigs, wigs till it grows back. Not even information. Nobody could have even, it could never have gotten to that because I'm too yeah, cute I care to too fight. Much. Yeah, I care too much about my appearance. I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna lie. It's not me. It's then like it, can, it. It would have to be an ambush because yeah. I am um, no. I'm not taking me any as chance. a lone soldier. Nah, no, there's nothing in this life, and I bet you she was fighting over man. It's always man. The worst. The worst reason. The worst. So, um, Gina's mum is Nancy, and she basically tells us about the day Gina like went missing. Gina left for school. She didn't come back, and um, her dad. Felix says he went to the school, looked around for an hour and they, they knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see news clippings of candlelight vigils, searches for police, uh, searches and police interviews. And this is why representation in all areas of life matter, because mm-hmm. a lot of the reporters were trying to dismiss Gina's case as a runaway, so they weren't really interested. But there's this Puerto Rican reporter and she's like, did you get her name? Because oh, I didn't. Lydia. I made sure I wrote it down. So she reminds me of. Do you watch Abbott Elementary? I know the one you're talking about, though. I've watched a few episodes. The Italian teacher. Obviously, this woman's not Italian, but she gives me that the same kind of vibe as that teacher. I don't remember her name. Meanwhile, speaking of Abbott Elementary, I keep saying this. The guy that was in Everybody. Fam, I'm not going to lie. I'm so attracted to him. Like, the thing is. His voice alone. Fam, he's a man. He's actually a chocolate. That, I'm not gonna lie, like I've been watching the show, like wow, Tyler. But he's what, actually is that you your yet? type. He's your type. On paper, like literally, I'm just like he's wow, actually Tyler, your type. Like, In fact, Tyler, like, he is like Tyler. He's no, he's like um, he's like what beep would be if he was in Hollywood. No, I think my my I feel like he would be Damson Idris if he was in Hollywood. Okay, dancing Idris. Okay, <laughs> dancing. Oh. <laughs> um, but you yeah, know that that man is so fine, I, and the thing is that like and he's that's not even my type, but he is. Very eyes. Sometimes it transcends type. Sometimes yeah, it transcends. It does, and it's his voice as well. It's it's so the voice is the main, and, and, and it's the vibe. It's his character. The, the character. Yes, is like, I'm, it's I'm Gregory. All this shit, like Gregory is who I fuck with. Literally, it's his character because he's just so like over it. He's a like, fan. He's above it all. He's like, too fine. He he's calm. He's... You, I don't know if you see. I don't know if you've seen the episode, but the gift where like. um Quinta runs outside and it's raining and he literally runs after her and like the grabs umbrella. the umbrella. I was like, this is a thoughtful king. This is a thoughtful king. A tall, thoughtful king. I bet you he's packing too. Listen. Listen. I would like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Cool. Okay, so... How did we even get here? Sorry, I'm so distracted by... I'm actually... Honestly, I'm... I'm sweating. It's hot. Help me, Jesus. So, obviously, Lydia's like, listen, I'm going to take this case on. They're Puerto Rican. These are my people. Let's go. Exactly. So, um, 
she speaks to Gina's parents and Gina's parents are adamant. They're like, listen, she didn't run away. And she gives them airtime, like on the, not airtime, like, oh, she airs them, but she puts them on the TV. Yeah. The original <laughs> the meaning actual of original airtime. Meaning of yeah. airtime. <laughs> and um, she allows them speak and basically, you know, talk about their daughter and how they don't think she runs away. Mm-hmm. So then after this, next thing we see this girl on the screen, 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 and I scream because this bitch is I alive. Screamed. It's Gina. Um, in my notes, I say, "Oh shit, it's Gina slash Janet." I scream and say, "Well, I wrote right." And now we meet Gina DeHaces, and I screamed, "This bitch is alive!" Honestly, why did you say slash Janet? Because on the thing, her name said Janet. Honestly, I think that's the name that he gave her in the thing. Ah, uh, okay. So she's saying how like she kept seeing her parents on TV and knowing mm-hmm. they were still out there looking for her, kind of like keeps her going which is just so sweet because Um, because (laughs) so gina describes the day she went missing she went to school like as her mom says and on her way home she's with her friend and her friend asks if she can like she asked her friend if she wants to come over so her friend said friend calls her mom and asks her mom and her mom's like nah you can't come over so they go their separate ways so this bit was a bit weird and strange to me and I have a few questions but Mm -hmm. they were never answered so they go their separate separate ways Gina's walking home and then the friend's dad pulls up and asks Gina if she's seen her daughter and then he's like okay come and help me find her which was strange to me because you'd just seen her daughter so just felt oh she walked off in that direction like I I didn't understand this and I then I guess they never went into detail, but I was thinking if this if they live in the same house, surely she's going back home anyways. So it was but that's weird. the thing I didn't know that she lived in in the house with him because I don't think the, she does. because she was calling the mum to be like hey blah blah blah, and but yeah, I, again I also think it's like you know community thing. It's like oh this is probably like an uncle kind of what's it tia tio or whatever. So she's thinking okay cool well you know, this is Emily's dad saying, let's go and look for look her. Which, for her. I mean, I think that was... That was no, I, I don't, don't know. I don't it think was, it was wrong for her to go. I, just I don't think it was though. wrong for her to go, but I think it was a weird situation. Like, obviously, yeah. as a child, it's not a big deal. Like, I was a grown-up. I know him. Like, he's But even as an me, adult, I probably ride would do that. It's like your dad pulling up and saying, let's go look for... Like, yeah, but then also, yeah, it's sure. like, I suppose, yeah, it's true. It's not like you're on your way somewhere. It's kind of just like, yeah, okay, cool. It's yeah. true. That's true, actually. It's true. If I saw your dad... If I saw your dad now, and he, even if I was going somewhere else, and he's like, oh, let's go, like, yeah, come, let's, let's let me go. try and call her while you... Literally, yeah, it's you true, do your thing looking. Like, I didn't think it was yeah. strange. It was just a strange situation. But I guess as a kid, you don't tie all these things together to ask questions. Yeah, and why would you? Yeah, yeah. again, that's true. So she gets in the car, and then she notices that, like, he's going the wrong way. And then she tries not to panic, because she's saying to herself, this is my friend's dad, like, he's calm, like, there's an... You're trying to rationalise like, what you know in your heart is weird. Literally, and she, he's like, so listen, I just want to drop some stuff up at home, then we'll go back up looking for her. So he tells her to bring out the speakers that are in the car. And then he leads her to the basement. And then he ties her up and tells her she's never going home. And then they basically, she's like, I'm not going to go into detail, like, as to what he did to us in that basement. Yeah, she she says to Cameron, she's like, I'm not going to talk about it. And yeah. I really respect her saying that because I'm like, okay, cool, sis. Like, don't let them push you further than you're comfortable going. I know yeah. it's a documentary, but... But still maintain, yeah. Yeah, I was really happy that she said that. So all this while, people are looking for her. 
And so Bill tells Lydia that he thinks these two cases are connected and Bill keeps pushing the police and the FBI to connect the cases, but they refuse. So Bill then orchestrates a newscast where he brings the families together, gets them to talk, gets them to meet and work together because it's like if the police aren't going to acknowledge that these cases are related, he will then put it out there in the media and let people come to their own conclusion. Yeah, come to their own conclusion. So basically as the two girls and like bill was doing a lot like he's another hero like in this whole documentary because he basically is like listen these two girls went to the same school like i need an employee list of everybody that works there because it must be connected somehow so he gets the list and on the list there's this convicted rapist who had done his time he'd gone to prison served come out and got a job in the school as a janitor yeah and then it's kind of sad because when he finds out like when the this guy finds out that like bill and co want to like talk to him he runs away and then he dies by suicide um and like bill is like saddened because he's like listen he didn't have to do all of that we just wanted to talk like he paid his dues he obviously like wasn't the guy also they the school didn't realize that he was a convicted rapist so and they should have done their due diligence they should have so he should have never gotten that job in the first place but he'd gotten that job he hadn't done anything else he'd paid his dues to society from what we know anyway and whatever so i guess for him it was more like raw like my this big secret is coming out i'm gonna be shunned i'm gonna have to go away or start again or whatever Mm. And it's just, like, that's probably what led him to do what he did. But, again, I get Bill feeling sad about it. But it's also just, like, that's why sometimes this vigilante, like, way of doing things isn't always... Isn't the right way. Yeah, it's not always the right way. And it's not just, like, there's now there's more victims than there needed to be. Yeah, yeah. So we're back to Ariel Castro, and he joins a band. Um... And, like, during this joining of the band, he goes to, like... This was a bit unnecessary, but I just yeah. wanted to highlight this particular part. When he, goes to, when he goes to meet the guy that, like, is um, managing the band or whatever, or one of the bandmates, um, the, the guy says, OK, cool, I'll come to your house and watch you play. He said that when he went to Ariel's house, he asked to use the bathroom and, like, Ariel got really, really angry and then he just left. So obviously, you know, yeah, he was like, dodges. Oh, didn't your parents teach you not to ask to use the restroom somewhere else? And I'm like, No, they didn't like, teach the me fuck? that because I'm a human. I need to pee when I need to pee. Like, literally, what the fuck? So, anyways, um, he joins this band, they're playing, things are going well, blah, blah, blah. And then they get offered a gig in Pittsburgh. And um, he's like, No, I'm not going. And then this guy was like, yeah, it was really weird because he was always willing to do gigs that were like half an hour away, but nothing mm-hmm. more. Like he'd never do like a sleepover or anything like that. So now we meet Michelle Knight and her story is 10 times worse. Like I can easily um, say that. So she was adop- abducted before Amanda and Gina, but the difference is nobody was looking for her. Do you know how sad that has to... Like, I don't even know how she had the mental fortitude to go on. Like, I would have just thrown myself down some stairs or some shit because it's like, yeah. literally, nobody's looking for you. Like, Gina was saying how, you know, I could see my parents on the news and I could see they loved me and they cared about me and that, that kept me going. Michelle had none of that. Like, Michelle had n- none of that. Nada. No one. And it was also so weird because... Oh, no, no, sorry, go on. I don't want to do spoilers. So she had been abducted two years before Gina and Amanda. So she was living in this hellhole for two years. And she says the years... So she tells us what happens in that house, which was just mental abuse, rape and torture. 
Mm-hmm. So she tells us about the day she got abducted. Um, she said she needed to go to an appointment. I, she never really went into details about what the appointment was. She doesn't was even for. remember what it was. It was so long ago. Fam, just a normal day that turned into hell. Literally um, running errands. And unfortunately, she was given the wrong directions. So when she's like going back to the shop to ask for directions, she sees her friend's dad and he's like, yo, I know where you're going. Like, I'll drop you. Again, a very normal occurrence. Yeah. yeah. And then and she's 21, I think, at this point. Yeah. When this happens. Yeah. Once again, he starts going um, the wrong way and then they're going towards his house. So she's like, what's going on? And then he's like oh I want to give you like puppies so he starts about puppies and he's like I've got these puppies like you can give one to your son because Michelle had a kid and then she's like okay cool so they're going into the house and then she realises something is wrong because as she enters the house she can't hear any fucking puppies yeah and also like when he drives into the house like he locks the gate behind the car she's kind of like why are you locking the gate so she's she's with it do you know what I mean she's thinking she's putting the pieces of the puzzle together just not in time so he yeah. says to her, you know, it's a bad neighbourhood. Fair enough. It's a bad neighbourhood. Someone can come and steal your truck. Fine. Cool. Tick. That validates why it is that you locked the gate. Where she are goes the puppies? In, There's no puppies. Yeah. But it's too late. And he shoves her into the room, shuts the door and ties her up. So back to the black neighbour. And he's Before we get to the black neighbour, sorry. When I found out that Michelle had a son, yeah, I was like, how was no one looking for you when you have a son? Like, how was no one looking yeah, for you? Yeah, they didn't go into enough detail, but I tried to find Same. out more. But, yeah, it was weird. Because I also thought that, like, was he at home, alone? Like, Yeah, I was happened? like, maybe he was with her mum, because we learned about her mum a little bit later. But it's like, even if you want to say, oh, this person's a runaway, yeah? Like, they had a son. Like, have they tried mm. to leave their son before? Like, is this normal behaviour for Michelle? Like, why was no one looking for her? That's so sad. It's, it's very sad. So, um... No, Charles... Yeah, we're back to him. And he's saying that there's something <laughs> off about Ariel and he's watching him every day, like, trying to figure out what it is about this guy. But he can't really pick up on anything. Like, he'll go to go out to work, come back, nothing. But the house was just boarded up. There was something off. So Michelle says she tries to speak to Ariel, kind of like that thing you do where you try to, like, get yeah. your captor to, like, you know... Trust you. Trust you. Um, and basically, he just tells her he had a horrible childhood. It's obvious that he was abused as well. Mm-hmm. And she tries to tell him that, like, this isn't... Just because it happened to you, you don't have to do it to others. But exactly. that doesn't work. So this bit is really sad. Luana's, like, desperate at this point. So she goes to meet this psychic called Sylvia Brown. And, like, remember, Luana is the mother of Amanda who went missing. Um... And so she goes to meet Sylvia Brown and Sylvia says, I'm so sorry to tell you, like, she does her psychic shit and she's like, yeah, your daughter's dead. She's in water. And after this, Luana just gets really sick and she passes away without knowing what happened to her daughter. And I feel like she died from heartbreak. Because mm. it's happened to someone in my family. I feel like you can die from heartbreak and this guy died from heart, or, or this woman died from heartbreak. It was very sad. And it's even worse not knowing that, like your daughter whether she was alive or what and the thing is is that like she was so sure that her daughter was still alive like she had held out hope for so long and she was so convinced like the conviction of like yeah my daughter's alive she had that and then like some random psychic comes to say oh yeah no she's dead she's in water and it's like that has now shattered your belief that you've had Mm. and that's kept you going for so long and she wasn't even right yeah 
So Michelle tells us that she got pregnant five times. Oh my God. And then she was like, I had ended up getting pregnant about five times. Um, they were all aborted in abusive ways. Um, some starved, um, some I was beat. Um, I was thrown downstairs. I was also hit with a barbell more than once. Um, he told me that we could never have a kid here. It'll be too loud. So basically, she's like to him, bro, so then why do you keep getting these girls pregnant if you don't want us to have kids? Like... So, for some reason, like, not for some reason, but Amanda gets pregnant in December of 2006. And for some reason, he, like, lets her keep it. And then Ariel basically says, I, th- I don't know, maybe at this point he actually wanted a kid. Because he basically says to Michelle, that like, you're going to deliver this baby. And if it dies or gets hurt, I'm going to kill you. And, like, he would play a lot of, like, mind games against these yeah. kids, these girls. Because he'd be like, you know, if you run away, I'm going to kill this person and this, da, 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 da. So, and it's um, like they're the only people that they've had, so they've really built a bond. Part of me just feels like I'm not gonna lie, fuck it. So if you have to die, you have to die. Like it's you or me because um, I'm, I'm getting the fuck, fuck <laughs> ASAP. Literally. So Michelle delivers, helps deliver a healthy baby, and uh, it's a girl. And after the baby is born, I guess he softens because, or I don't think he softens. I think he feels like he's scared them enough that yeah. they won't. There's emotional chains. There's emotional chains. And he's done that so well now. So well that they're going to be... Yeah. They're going to stay put. It's like the whole thing with the whole, like, R. Kelly and Joycelyn and all them girls. Like, no one was holding them there. They weren't held hostage. They were free to go at any time. But they just felt, not in the same... This is a different kind of manipulation, I guess. But they just felt like they wanted to be there. Even though they were free to go, their parents were saying, come. Yeah, but they felt they had to, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the abu- emotional abuse continued and it just kept him in the house because he'd removed the chains now. Yeah. So we see a composite sketch of Ariel and they never really tell us where they get this sketch from or what leads to this sketch coming about. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, we have this sketch. From so, who? Who are the witnesses? Like, what? where did we get this from? When this sketch is shown to Gina's family, they recognise him, but they can't put their finger on where from. So... After Luana has died, in a really cute way, Gina's dad takes on, like, the search for Amanda as well. Like, he always says, like, you need to bring our girls home, mm-hmm. you know. And the interest in the kidnapping dies down as it's been four years. Four fucking years, mate. That's wild. So, in 2012, a police get a letter from a man called Robert Walford saying that he killed and buried Amanda. So they do a search in the area and find nothing. And it was plausible because the area where he said he buried them was close to, like, it was within the cell tower range. So mm-hmm. it made sense. Yeah. Um, but later he admits that he lied because he wanted to get out of the prison he was in and move somewhere else. Fucking idiot. So this day randomly comes where they escape. And, like, the day starts off because they have this kid, Jocelyn and she's older now and like they make the Ariel has made them take on different names because Jocelyn's watching TV she's seen stuff and like he doesn't want her to put two and two together and realize that oh like his mom is Amanda Mm -hmm. Berry who's trapped in like the closet fucking yeah yeah (laughs) so um it's all the same vibe to be fair it really is literally (laughs) same abusive vibe one abuser to another literally fam so um Jocelyn basically uh, has freedom to go, like, around the house, in and out. And, like, Charles is saying that he sees Ariel sometimes with Jocelyn. And mm-hmm. he just thinks, oh, like, that's his granddaughter. Like, he's a good granddad. Da, 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 not knowing that it's his kid. That's his kid, yeah. So there's this day when 
Justin comes in and she's like, I can't find daddy. Like, he's not home. And Amanda's like, huh? And she's like, go and check everywhere. And Justin checks everywhere. She's like, daddy's not home. Amanda runs. And, like, Gina's like, bruh. Michelle's oh, like, what was the trap? Gina's, Gina's like, Gina, I think, is the most... And I guess she was the youngest one. She's like, what the was most, trapped? Yeah. yeah. I ain't finna go. That's on you. And, like, she says she hears bang, 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 bang. And I was even wondering, like, what happened? And basically, Amanda is, like, banging on the door because she's gotten to the front door and it's locked. So all these neighbours are coming out, looking at her. Nobody wants to help. And then Charles comes out. <laughs> and Charles is so funny. I'm going to tell you what the gist of what Charles says, but I also think we should insert, like, oh, the whole clip of him. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, Charles... Start of the show. Fam. I'm at home, and I hear this banging, bang, 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 bang. And I look out my window, and I see my neighbors in the middle of the street, but they're not looking at me. They're looking at the house next door. So now I, at my door, I come outside, what, what are you looking at? Bang, bang, bang. Oh, there's that... What is going on? What is that? It's some girl. She want to get out the house. Then what did you help her? We're not going to get involved in that. We don't know her. So I go off my porch. Right? What is the problem? I need to get out of here. Then get out. And I can't. He's got the door locked. Or chained up, rather. I said, oh, God. All right. So I got a big uh, Big Mac in my hand. Just like McDonald's. So uh, debate. Help. The girl I don't know. Four dollar hamburger I just bought. I know the hamburger, I just bought it. I don't know you. Alright, here we go. Put the hamburger down. Destroy the door. She comes out. She comes out with a little girl. Say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not I'm not with the kidnapping. What's the little girl? Because in my head, that's Ariel's granddaughter. Who are you? I'm stopping her from pulling her own daughter out of her house. Charles is basically saying he comes out and he just got this Big Mac. Mm-hmm. So he's looking at the four dollar burger. He's looking at this babe, and he's like, "I don't know this babe, but I know this burger." I know this burger. Literally, he's like, "What I'm finna do?" So this girl is screaming like, "I need to get out of the house! I need to get out of the house!" So Charles is like, "Oh fuck!" So he helps her out of the house, mm-hmm. and then she brings this kid with him, who he thinks is Ariel's daughter. He's like, "Listen, hold on, don't come I and kidnap anyone, you, but mm-hmm. I'm not finna do no kidnapping." And she's like, this is my daughter. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, you know what? Here's the phone. Call the police. Mm-hmm. Hello, police. Call me. I'm Amanda Berry. You need police, fire, or ambulance? I'm the police. Okay, and what's going on there? I've been kidnapped, and I've been missing for 10 years, and I'm, I'm here. I'm free now. Hello? Yeah, talk to the police when they get there. She's not getting the reaction that Literally. she thinks she needs to get. Like, She's like, I have been missing for 10 years. 10 and years at this point, you know. Literally, whoever's on the, the, the call is just very, like, monotone. He was not but, around I mean, 10 years ago. I guess ago. they're trained to be that way. Like, they're not meant to, like, No, but the thing any... is, I understand that and I get that. But the thing is, is that, like, she was saying, I'm Amanda Berry. As in, like, I'm... It's like Madeline McCann calling and saying, hey, I'm Madeline McCann. Anyone trained or not would have been like, did you say Madeline McCann? Yeah, he I had guess. no reaction. He was like, "Okay, like, why is this bitch telling me her literally, name so many times?" Like, like <laughs> he, he literally was just like, "Right, Carrie." Like, literally, okay. he was like, "Okay, and <laughs> and she's like, "You need to send the fucking police now before this guy comes back," because no, none of the other neighbors were trying to help. So Fam. he could have dragged her by the hair back into the house. They exactly, have done and no, exactly, and it would have been right back to square one. Fam, 
So the police come, luckily, before Ariel gets home. And, like, there's this police officer who obviously is very, like, knows Gina's family and everything. And we see, kind of, like, see body cam footage of them going into the house. And, like, they go to save Gina and Michelle. And it's so emotional. This police officer's crying. And I start crying as well. Because, like, he's just saying, like, do you know how long we've been looking for you? And she's like, I know. I saw. Like, I'm so happy. Save me. Like, take me from here. Michelle says she, like, runs into one she of her arms. She runs his arms. Literally, she's like, never let me go, never let me go. Like, Literally. Michelle's been there for 12, 12 years. 12 years. Nah. nah. This man is mad. So, we see, like, the homecoming and, like, the reunion between, like, um, Gina and Amanda and their families. And it's amazing. It's beautiful. But Michelle didn't have a homecoming because nobody yeah. was looking for her. Like, so basically her mum did come and report her missing and they were like, okay, come back. They actually said to come back and, you know, provide this information. She never came back. She never chased. Like, they and that was just case. it. Yeah. And like, Michelle, obviously, Michelle's son had gone into like the foster care system and he'd been adopted and he had no clue his, his, who his legal like birth mother was. And basically Michelle like said that she didn't have any support system after because her family like... And her had cut ties long, like, even before she went missing and nothing changed after she was found. I mean, I guess because she wasn't in their life, lives anyway. Yeah. Um, there's one bit that I want to bring up where um, basically before Luana died, she gave Bill Safos oh, and yeah. Nick, she gave him a shirt and tie and was like, listen, like, you're going to report the fact that Gina has come home and when you do, you're going to wear this. And so when there was a homecoming, I think one of the other news reporters was like, oh, remember that shirt and tie? So he got it and he wore it when he was reporting them coming home. And it was just such a full circle moment. Like Luana could kind of be there in that moment a little yeah. bit because she's the one who got it for him. And, you know, she actually was she right that her door that was alive. she always knew. Yeah. Yeah. And the way Bill was emotional was actually very sad. Yeah, yeah. This was more than a case to him. It's more than yeah. a story. Yeah. So the police go into the house and the windows are all boarded up. They're heavy and rusty chains everywhere. The house is disgusting. It's not it's um, not the kind of house that you would just you just raid just because clearly there's suspicious activity going on there. Fam, clearly. If it's not trapping people in the If it's not drugs, base, then it would have been then literally drugs, then it's something. It's something. So um, Ariel had driven the school bus, but they'd missed him off that employee list because he was a former employee, not mm-hmm. current. And when he said, when we see Ariel's police interview, he basically says that he gets them into the house and forcibly restrains them and has sexual encounters, but he doesn't call it rape. He said he doesn't rape them, he coerced them. Yeah. And it's like, listen, we've been saying this for time. Coercion is rape. You shouldn't yeah. have to convince somebody to have sex with you. You shouldn't have to sort of threaten violence or whatever to for them to have sex with you. That's rape. Yeah. So he gets a thousand years in prison, <laughs> but after 30 days, he hangs himself. And the yeah. irony of that is that, like, you entrapped prison people for, like, a total of, like... okay, Decades, yeah. Decades, over a decade. And then you can't even hack 30, 30 days. days. You have to, like, hang yourself crazy and the thing is with him as well that was so wild that he knew gina's dad like he knew gina's dad like it was all a community he's like he knew him that's why when they were saying oh this guy looks familiar they knew him you're in my face you know that my daughter's in your basement you're in my face yeah so we kind of see what happens to them after um amanda berry joins fox 8 as a newscaster and she's working on missing people's cases um, Gina works in the Cleveland Family kind of um, association for missing children and adults. 
And then Michelle has a non-profit which helps women abuse out of transition, transition out of abusive lives. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? What I just said. Transition out. Oh yeah, yeah, abusive situations. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And basically, I did some googs. Um, Amanda and Gina don't talk to Michelle, and I've seen. Okay, I've seen another documentary mm-hmm. about this case, um, and it focused more on like their lives before um, they were kidnapped and all of that. And Michelle was, let's just say, not an easy person to deal with. So I can kind of understand why the other two don't speak to her. But it's mm. also sad because they shared this experience. They came out together and at some, to some extent, they must have supported each other through that. Like Michelle yeah. delivered Amanda's baby. So it's crazy mm. that they don't speak. But yeah. And also, I think it's that so interesting it. that um, Amanda wasn't in the documentary. Like, there was footage of oh her when they God, spoke yes. about her, when they spoke about her um, non-profit and, um, not a non-profit, her hosting on Fox or whatever, but she wasn't actually a part of the yeah, documentary. And I feel like that was... There, yeah. yeah, I feel like that was, like, a choice. I don't know what happened with that or what the reasons behind that was, but she literally didn't appear as, like, present-day Amanda in the documentary, yeah. whereas Gina and Michelle both did. So. I did Google that and I couldn't find anything around why she didn't. I probably, I personally think that, um, I think she was just, she just was tired of talking about it at that point because she's done really? other stuff. Like she's re- written a book, she's done other interviews. So it's not like, oh, yeah. like she didn't want to talk about it ever. I mean, and I it's think- her prerogative. Like she can yeah. decide if she wants to speak about it or not. And and I think Michelle being, because I think the only reason Loki that they were okay with Gina not speaking about her trauma in that house is because Michelle was there to do it, is in terms of from her point of view. So, you know, yeah, that was a heavy one. But um, now it's time for... The real crime, I think, was the beard. Our new segment where we focus on something during the documentary that may not be criminal, but we definitely consider to be a crime. Um, Have you got one? I've said it already, it's just the toothlessness. The toothlessness. So I have two. One is um the number of M&M posters in Amanda's room. Like, when they were first talking oh, about Amanda when she was missing, there were, like, five M&M posters. I said, bro, how many M&M posters is It makes sense, need? though. It makes sense. It does, it does. I mean, it, it seems very sense. on brand for who she was, yeah. Yeah, but it makes it, a lot of but sense. But I said this, yeah, the eyebrow yeah, thing, was, yeah. Actually, there was a picture yeah, was, of her cameras as well. Yeah, um, I was just yeah. like, I said, wow, how many places? And then the other thing, as lovely and touching and full circle moment as it was, that shirt and tie combo was fucking ugly. Fucking I said, ugly. I said, Bill, Luana, I get please. it. You can't, <laughs> you can't tie somebody to wearing such an ugly combo. Combination. Like, nah. I said, the shirt on its own ugly, the tie on its own ugly, but together? Fam. It was, it was a wild. Clam. But I'm saying, Bill Sapos is... News. Bruh, it lives forever. But Bill Safos was, he's a good guy because not only did he like really try his best throughout this whole thing and really help, he actually wore that suit and tie combo as he said he would. So, yeah. I would not. But yeah, Yeah. I agree with you on all counts, but the toothlessness definitely bothered me. Like, please. I think I I just, it didn't really surprise me that much because honestly, what are you going to do? Like, I have to get an implant and they were telling me it's going to be like £3,000 and I still haven't got it. If that was. To be honest, if it was in my, if it was visible, I would have. Do you have a off. tooth missing though? I had a tooth taken out, and there was no baby tooth underneath. So they were like, "I need to get look here." Let me see. Move your finger. Can you? My that's where my mum has one missing, but it's yeah. not like 
Yeah, I, I, right I'm talking, front. but I feel like if it was like a front tooth, I would have found the money and I would have. Yeah, I would have gone without food. I would have gotten a credit card just for that. Like, yeah, just I for that. It. Yeah, it's true. Again, privilege. Because like, imagine being able to get a credit card. Mm, not everybody can. That's true. I have dreams where my teeth fall out, and I always wake up in the morning like. <gasps> yeah, it's because you're a very tooth person. I have multiple dreams. I have but a I've friend also read that like if you thing. have dreams about your teeth falling out, it's because you feel like you're not in control of your life. Oh, really? Mm. But I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because you're in control of your teeth, clearly. Yeah. Um, so, what are we doing next? Next, we are doing Downfall, the case against Boeing. I watched it. I think it's quite interesting. I don't know how you'll feel about it, but we're going to do it anyway, because I think it raises yeah, some good Yeah, I mean, I'm happy you all... Yeah, because it's not my vibe, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot It's a lot of technical stuff, so that I kind of was, like, zoned out throughout. But the points, the facts of the case remain, and I think that's going to be interesting to discuss. I so, look yeah. forward to it. Mm-hmm. It came out recently on Netflix. I'm going to play the trailer for you guys. In the meantime, between time, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok at Two Girls One Doc, and also Two Girls One Doc at Gmail dot com. Um, and you can also find us here next week with another yeah. episode for you. Leave us reviews, write us emails, and hopefully oh, yes. we will do credits, reading them all out. Exactly. Also, guys, if you're listening on Apple, our artwork is is our old artwork, and I've been trying to get them to change it probably for ages. It's so weird because on iTunes it's correct, like it's the new one, but it's just on Apple Podcasts it's not. And I've sent them emails and like I've done everything they've said. It's not working, so it's really it's really frustrating me. It's been the bane of my life for like six months, but um yeah, I'm I'm working on it because it should be the same. I feel like when we post stuff on like Twitter and stuff, if people go on Apple Podcasts, they're like, uh, this isn't the same podcast, but it is. Yeah, it yeah. is the same podcast. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah guys, all right then hopefully next time we come here my lateral flows will be negative. Um until then pray for me y'all. All right then guys. It's been real. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I don't remember the time. Quite early in the morning, my husband prepared his flight bag. We had a meal. That was the normal routine before he left for his flight. After a few hours, I got a call from one of his colleagues. We are not able to find his aircraft. The Indonesian investigators found the black boxes. It records a very comprehensive tally of what happened on the airplane. Something was putting repeated nose down pressure on the airplane. And then there was another crash, this time in Ethiopia. Safety is at the core of who we are at Boeing. Two crashes of brand new airplanes within five months of each other, that doesn't happen in modern aviation. My question was, did Boeing put an unsafe plane in the air? Boeing waged a pretty vigorous public relations campaign. There was a blame game going on. They talked about Jedi mind-tricking regulators. Who brings a lobbyist to a safety meeting? Boeing knew pilots had a monster waiting for them. It's just unconscionable to me. The families of the victims expected answers. To the relatives who have lost loved ones, if you could please stand. But Boeing actively tried to keep emails and documents out of the public domain. They have essentially ignored the families of the victims. We shouldn't expect pilots to have to compensate for flawed designs. These crews would have been fighting for their lives in the fight of their lives. 
This is the cost of doing business as usual.